time for the Vintage Truth Podcast with best-selling author and Bible teacher, Jeff Kinley. Exclusive. Hey friends, welcome to the Vintage Truth Podcast. This week uh, and part of next week, we're giving you a sneak preview as to what's coming in my new book, Uncovering the Secrets of Bible Prophecy. Ten keys for unlocking what Scripture really says. I'm giving you these keys here. And Scripture gives us the keys. And I'm passing them on to you, okay? And I want to give you just a, a little sneak preview as to what some of the unfulfilled prophecies, I talk about this in a chapter, uh, about the, the prophecies that have yet to come. And please listen to the previous podcast here um, to give you a heads up on just kind of how we got to this point. But I'm giving you just a, a sneak preview of two of these, of 15 of the upcoming prophecies that I uh, that we see in Scripture. And uh, the first one we talked about was the, the period known as the seven-year tribulation period. And I talked about why that was not symbolic and why it did not happen uh, in the first century. And I cover a lot more of that in the book. But let me give you another one here. See if we can get through this thing in one podcast. This this is a really, for a lot of people, it's an obscure, unknown prophecy, but it has global impact, uh, international significance. And it's called, popularly known as, the Battle of Gog and Magog. And we see this in Ezekiel chapters 38 and 39. Now, here's kind of how it breaks down. During the tribulation's unprecedented seven years of mass misery, the nation Israel will once again rise to the forefront of international news. Here's how it's going to happen. The first major occurrence will be a groundbreaking peace treaty in the Middle East brokered by the man of sin himself, the Antichrist. We see that in Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. Even right now, President Trump is talking about peace in the Middle East. Every president since Nixon has made a concerted effort to bring peace in the Middle East. Not one has succeeded. Antichrist will succeed. So there's going to be a signing of a peace treaty, a peace accord, and this officially marks the beginning of the tribulation period, not the rapture as people normally think. It's the signing of this period that actually God starts the seven-year tribulation clock. We know this from Scripture, okay? Now, so there, so there may be some time between the, the rapture and the signing of this treaty. There's going to be a time of turmoil, perhaps, that could last up to many months. We don't know. We just don't know. But there actually could be. And the signing of this, this peace treaty begins the, the tribulation. Now, 600 years before the birth of Jesus Christ, the prophet Ezekiel wrote that in the, quote, latter years... Israel will be, quote, gathered together from many nations to the mountains of Israel, end quote. That's Ezekiel 38, 8. And in that day, the Jewish nation will finally experience a sense of peace after decades of war and terrorist attacks. She will be dwelling securely in the land, Ezekiel tells us. But however, during this time, an alliance of surrounding nations led by Gog, who is their leader, G-O-G, Gog, will invade the tiny Jewish nation. Now, what's their goal? Why would nations want to invade Israel? Well, very simple. To eradicate the Hebrews from history and erase Israel off the map. You and I do not have a category for the type of historical 
and deep-seated hatred that much of the world has for Israel. Because we live in America, and for the most part, we're Israel-friendly, notwithstanding some of the, the hatred towards, uh, towards Jews in our country, and especially in light of the recent uh, shooting uh, in Pittsburgh. But back to this. Interestingly, this coordinated attack also, ironically, challenges the Antichrist authority because he's responsible for the peace that has so, for so long evaded this region of the world. Now, this, this coalition is a 10-nation force comprised of Magog, Rosh, Meshach and Tubal, Ethiopia, and Cush, Put, Gomer, Beth Togarma. And these countries are modern-day nations. And when we look at where they are, we simply do a one-for-one one comparison. We figure out who they are. For example, Magog is comprised of the Central Asian nation of the former Soviet Union. Rosh is Russia. Meshach and Tubal is modern-day Turkey. Persia is Iran. Ethiopian Kush is modern Sudan. Put is Libya. Gomer is Turkey. And Beth Togarma is also Turkey. Now, with the exception of Russia, these nations are all exclusively, hmm, which faith system hates the Jews? Who could that be? Oh, yeah, they're Muslim. And because Israel is at peace and dwelling securely in the land, she's going to be caught off guard by this massive invasion by Russia and these Muslim nations. If you just look at the map, these are the nations that are basically surrounding Israel. Okay. Now, before the Antichrist, in his own ten-nation alliance, has an opportunity to defend the peace he brokered, assuming that he would, another steps in and fights for Israel. Who could that be? Well, the Bible tells us it's God himself. It's a classic David versus Goliath matchup. This tiny Jewish nation against the immediate known world, these powerful nations. And as he did in centuries past, the God of Israel shows up to fight for her and win the day. And here's what God does. He executes a fourfold supernatural military strategy. So this is how little Israel is going to overcome all these nations. First, the Bible says a significant earthquake will occur in Israel, severely disrupting and crippling the invading armies. That's Ezekiel 38, 18 through 20. God sends this earthquake, he says, because of, quote, his fury, his mounted anger, his zeal, and his blazing wrath, end quote. <laughs> what does this tell us? It tells us that even during the tribulation, God's unconditional covenant with Abraham and his seed, Israel, is still in effect. And he's still in the business of blessing those who bless Israel and cursing those who curse them. So that's number one, the earthquake. Secondly, God causes the enemy armies to turn on each other Perhaps a confusing effect brought on by the earthquake. Who knows? It says that in Ezekiel 38, 21. Third, the Bible says he sends a sudden disease among the troops as a part of his judgment on them. So disease strikes them. And then finally, from the sky, from the sky comes, quote, torrential rain with hailstones, fire, and brimstone, end quote. Ezekiel 38, 22. So the scriptural evidence here says that God's vindication of Israel 
here is for the purpose of magnifying himself and making himself known among the nations. That's why he does this, by the way. Once again, to tell the world, hey, I'm still God here. Ezekiel 38, 23. In judgment, as in salvation, God declares himself to be the sovereign Lord of the universe. Now, my friend, uh, my good friend Mark Hitchcock writes this about this particular event. He says, quote, These nations will brashly swoop down on Israel to take her land, but the only piece of land they will claim in Israel will be their own burial plots. They will set out to bury Israel, but God will bury them, end quote. Now, here's, here's the basic question. Here's the question you, you really want to know. How do we know that this prophecy is still future and that hasn't been already fulfilled as some people claim it has? Well, to begin with, in order for this prophecy to be fulfilled, the Jewish people must be regathered from many nations according to, uh, to Ezekiel's prophecy and be back in the land of Israel. Okay. Well, so in other words, this prophecy could not have occurred within the past 2,000 years because there was no Israel, okay? And this regathering began in earnest in 1948. It began much long, much prior to that, but, but it happened in 1948 when the Israel officially became a nation against. Again, since that time, Jews from all over the world have made their way back to the land of their forefathers. And today, it's still happening, by the way. They, the more come in every month. We're seeing prophecy. Every time there's like a visa, excuse me, a passport stamped in Israel, that's another part of fulfilled prophecy, by the way. Anyway, today more Jews are living in Israel than any time in 20 centuries. So Jewish people have to be in the land. Second, for this prophecy to occur, the Jews must also be, quote, living securely, and if they have to be in the last days. That's Ezekiel 38, 8, verses, uh, verse 8, verse 11, verse 14, verse 16. So they have to be living securely, and it has to be in the last days. Well, Israel is not currently living securely in the land. They're not living peacefully in the land as they remain on constant alert from the Gaza Strip with some 11,000 11, rockets have been lost against the Jews since 2005. 630 rockets launched against them in 2011 alone. By anyone's estimate, I don't care who you are. Israel is far from living securely in the land right now. So I don't see this, this secure status of Israel becoming a reality until Antichrist peace treaty goes into full effect at the beginning of the tribulation. Now it's possible, it's possible that there could be some sort of, <clears throat> excuse me, some sort of um, precursor of a peace treaty, a, a very temporary almost like a like a a um, a counterfeit treaty that gives them a, this temporary little parenthesis a little bubble of protection until the ultimate peace treaty with antichrist happens that's possible it's not prophesied in the bible by the way but it's possible that could happen before the tribulation it's also possible that it could happen in the in the months prior uh, to uh, to um Antichrist coming into full power. I don't see that, though. I mean, some of these things are possible, but I don't see them as probable. So I, I see it happening really around the first, the first months of Antichrist's reign. Third, Israel 
is gathered back to the homeland, according to Ezekiel 37. So it must take place during between the time of Israel being regathered and the time of her spiritual birth, rebirth, recorded in Ezekiel 40 through 48. I, but I believe this rebirth will happen at the inauguration of the millennial kingdom. So in other words, that puts it somewhere between 1948 and the millennial kingdom, okay? So lastly, and this perhaps is, is one of the most, one of the biggest um, evidences here, is that there is no historical record, biblically, for secular sources, or any other source of any such type of invasion by these countries ever occurring in the Old Testament or during the intertestamental period between the Old Testament and the New Testament during that that time, 400 years there. Therefore, we must consider this battle of Gog and Magog to be future and thus unfulfilled prophecy. You say, Jeff, what does that, um, what does that tell us about, about unfulfilled prophecy? Well, it tells us this, that God has made certain predictions about what's going to happen in the end times. And all these things are God moving history towards a dramatic climax. All these, these battles and these type of things that are going to happen, uh, God is not causing these things. God is not causing people to hate Israel. He's using their hate in a sovereign way without, without violating their own free will. He's using all of, the, all of this hatred towards his glory, ultimately. He's like, yeah, you, you, hate my, you hate my chosen, my covenant people there, my nation that I made these promises. You hate them? Fine, bring it. And so when these people gather together, these nations come together and come against Israel, listen, it's going to be God's way of saying to the world, you see, do you see, or do you still think all these things are a coincidence? Do you think it's just a coincidence that these people vanished from the planet like my Bible said they would, that the church is gone, your Christian friends are gone? Is that a coincidence to you? Is it a coincidence that I prophesied? you know, 3,000 years ago that there would be a peace treaty signed with Israel from a man who is who is in political, geopolitical power on the earth? Is that a coincidence? Is it a coincidence that these particular, these exact specific nations came against little Israel exactly as I prophesied that they would? That's the perspective of those who are living during the time of the seven-year tribulation, they will be able to see these things. You see, right now, the generation that you and I live in, we can look at what, what's called the super sign of the last days. The super sign, the super prophecy of the last days is Israel becoming a nation again. And what's the world doing? Is the world going, wow, that's fulfilled prophecy. Oh my gosh, God's word is true. We need to get saved here. Why is the world not doing that? Why are people not absolutely bug-eyed, freaked out over this prophecy of Israel becoming a nation again? I'll tell you why. Because they don't know about that prophecy. They don't know about that prophecy. Number one, most of the people in this generation are just historically dumb. I mean, what I mean dumb, I mean ignorant, stupid. They don't know anything about history. And a lot of the people in the world, specifically in the United States, because we don't really study history over here very well, we don't even know Israel hadn't been a nation, most people. 
But watch this. The second reason why, why the world is not going, wow, this is incredible, is because pastors are not talking about this. The guys who get up in the pulpit on Sunday mornings are not talking about the miracle of Israel. You have any idea what it, you talk about miracles today. When, oh, oh, little kid bumped his head and went to heaven. That's a miracle. Oh, some guy came back on the operating table. That's a miracle. You know, someone had disease healed. That's a miracle. Fine. If someone, if someone experiences a miracle, a true miracle, great. God still does miracles, okay? But he did a miracle. In 1948, for the whole world to see, and a lot of the world, most of the church, ignored it. How are we any different than the Pharisees who ignored the super sign of the Son of God who was standing right in front of them visibly, and they did not see it? They refused to acknowledge that he was the Messiah. And so many Christians today, every time they see that star of David, every time they see, as I saw on the news yesterday, the opening of the, of the United States Embassy in Jerusalem, the, the, the capital of Israel. You can't have Jerusalem as the capital of Israel unless there's an Israel. There's an Israel. And that tells us that God is at work in history. You know, I've, I've got a whole chapter in this book. I'm very excited. It's called Investigating Prophecy Apologetics. <laughs> and there are many reasons why prophecy is a convincing apologetic for uh, the end times. And I, I go over some of these prophecies uh, in, um, that we've been talking about in that book, in that chapter rather. But here's the deal. Are, are we even talking about it? Does the average Christian even know that the alarm has been sounded when Israel became a nation? That God started his prophetic clock again? Do we even know that? No, we don't know that. Because our leaders are not telling us that. Shame on us. It's really a sh just a shame, period, that the church remains in ignorance about this kind of prophecy. You know, part of a pastor's job is to, to declare the full counsel of God. doesn't mean he preaches on prophecy every week or that he preaches on salvation every week. He's there to equip the saints with the word of God. And that means from Genesis 1 all the way to Revelation 22, everything in it is fair game. And should be. And especially if we are living in the days where prophecy is has been fulfilled and is in formation of being fulfilled. Now talk about more prophecy, unfulfilled prophecies that we can actually see in formation right now before our very eyes. Nobody's talking about it. And it's very sad because it's it's just in your Bible, you know? But this whole thing about Gog and Magog. I mean, the, more about it in the book. I also encourage you to pick up my, my friend, my good friend, Mark Hitchcock's book. It's called The End. <laughs> Very positive title there. But Mark does a fantastic job of just overviewing all of these things in much more depth than I do. I highly encourage you to read it. But my new book, Uncovering the Secrets of Bible Prophecy, is available right now 
And I am encouraging you to buy the book, to tell people about it, to share about it on social media. Hey, why? So we can get the word of God in the people's hands. That's really the main reason. So that God's vintage truth can impact and change lives. I hope you've had a great week. Enjoy the weekend. God's best to you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Truth Podcast. Please subscribe and share with a friend. For more about Jeff's ministry, go to jeffkinley.com.